So, yeah, we're just going to ask you, you know, basically how you got into NFTs, a little bit about your background, you know what I mean? Um, however much you want to share, no pressure. Um, yeah, and then we'll go from there, bro. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sounds good. Yeah, I could talk a little bit about my journey. Um, so, you know, I first started hearing about NFTs like around like April, May of 2020. Wait, wait, wait. Let's, oh. let's, we're going to do oh. our, our quick okay. intro and then okay. we'll like formally start or whatever. Okay. 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 <clears throat> okay. Go, John. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Yeah, that first interview was so nice. We had to do it twice. Kevin Lee is back with some more knowledge on NFTs from his own personal journey. You're not going to want to miss it. Next up on NFT Culture Club. Welcome back to the NFT Culture Club. And we are super excited because this is officially our first episode where we have a guest on. So, NFT Hawk, why don't we introduce our guest of the show? Yes, welcome, welcome, guys. Uh, Back to the NFT Culture Club. Thank you for coming back. Uh, Today we have a guest, Kevin M. Lee. Uh, he's joining us. Uh, he's a fellow MFer. Uh, how you feeling? Yo, yo! Thanks for having me on. I'm really excited to t- chat with y'all. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so yeah, we're just going to oh. ask him a bit about his, you know, his background, how he got into NFTs, and you know, just kind of talk shop with him. Yep. So let's do it, uh, Kevin. Officially, welcome to the club. And uh, yeah, let's start there. What's what's the journey been like for you? How did you get started? Yeah, definitely. Um, so a little bit about me before I kind of talk about my NFT journey. Um, I'm in marketing and tech. Uh, you know, I've worked at several companies like Hulu, Instagram, uh, currently at a startup right now. Uh, so I've always been kind of interested in the tech space. Um, but, you know, I started hearing about NFTs last year, like 2021, April, May. You know, I saw Jay Z had the CryptoPunk profile pick. Saw Gary yeah. B. Yeah, I was talking all about these NFTs. And to be honest, I was like, yo, this sounds like a scam. Like, this is yeah. like, yeah, they're laundering money. Like, there's <laughs> no way this is real. Like, why would you spend this much money on a freaking picture? Because I think but, that CryptoPunk was like 300000 back then, right? Yeah. Yeah. And I was like, man, okay. Crazy. And then after a while, I started thinking like, okay. These are smart people. They probably understand something I don't. Let me like actually do some real research before I write it off. And so I set up, I was like, okay, let me just at least learn how to do it. Right. Cause like before I can write it off, I want to at least learn. So I was like, okay, you got to download MetaMask. I'm like, okay, that sounds sketchy. Download, <laughs> <laughs> download MetaMask. And then I was like, what? I have to send my ETH to MetaMask for my Coinbase and that's going to cost me like money. And I was like, okay. This sounds like too hectic. Like I'm not going to do it. But so I had MetaMask. I had OpenSea. I don't know like what was going on. So I just didn't do anything. And then right around like November, you know, there was kind of like the. Do you guys remember the Constitution DAO? Like when people were going to buy the Constitution? No, I think I missed that. I only heard about it. I only heard about it. Yeah. Yeah. So I just saw that on my Twitter feed and I was like, oh, that sounds kind of funny. Like, I don't know. So there's kind of a trolley side to me. So I was like, all right, let me figure out how to send some money to the DAO. I'm going to send a hundred bucks to buy the constitution. And that was pretty much like once that was after that, I fell into the rabbit hole. Like I had 
ETH in my Coinbase wallet. I knew how to do it, do it in my MetaMask. And uh, yeah, I, I so was like, all right, I'm going to go buy an NFT. The first NFT I ended up buying was a fuck was a rug. <laughs> <laughs> what was it? What was it? Oh man, it's so embarrassing. It was literally um, little little baby punks slid into my DMs on Discord and was like, "Hey, come join our, join our Discord. We have little baby punks minting soon." And I super naively just clicked it and joined the Discord, and then got got scammed because they i thought it was minting but it wasn't and then i minted and it was just like a rug <laughs> <laughs> this almost happened to john actually his very first mint this almost happened to him yeah. yeah yeah i was i thought i was like super exclusive because invisible friends reached out to me and invisible friend said yeah you got 90 seconds you could get one and i was like yo i'm gonna get an invisible friend i'm so cool Nah, son. Oh man, that's funny. Yeah, dude, it's so funny because it happens, and it's like, I don't know. Do you? I don't know if you guys collect sneakers, but I'm super used to collecting sneakers. So that kind of yeah. like drop mentality is like ingrained in my brain. So John, like when someone says like, "Oh, 90 seconds, like uh, surprise mint," it's like my brain goes into like act mode, and it's like in reality, it's like what you have to do is like take a step back and slow down yeah. a bit. Yeah, that's okay, really so interesting. Yes. Yeah. So, okay. So you you get rugged on with baby baby punks. Uh, what happens next? Do you take a minute, like fuck this space for a bit, or do you just keep going? Uh, yeah, I just keep going. I'm just like, all right, that's. I think it was like, I think I got scammed out of like 600 bucks or something. I think it was like point two ETH at the time or something like that. And I was just like, all right, I guess this is kind of like the co- the tuition that I'm learning. So I was like, all right, let me keep going. And, uh, yeah, I started doing my own research. Like then I was like, okay, Robo pets, Robotos, they have the time animated series. Like I started slowly picking up on like what to look for. And I don't know. It's like, I don't. And then I think it pretty much once I got my MFR, that's like when everything changed. That's when I'm like, okay, I get it. There's like humor. I, now I know what, yeah, what community really means. Uh, yeah, and that's like that was. I feel like that pretty much really changed like how, how I understood, and I I became a believer after that. Yeah when did when did when did you get your uh, your MFR? Uh, I got it uh, December eighth. So yeah, it's funny. Like I followed Sartoshi beforehand. I love the yeah. memes and. I started seeing it on Twitter and then I was like, all right, I'm going to do it. And that was the most expensive NFT I ever bought. It was like 0.2 at the time. And yeah, like when I was clicking buy, I was like, I was like, have I lost my mind? I'm going to spend $800 on a stick figure. And then on a JPEG. Yeah, for real, for real. And yeah, now, but now I understand it's like, I can't, it provides so much like value to my life in terms of like, yeah, yeah like joy connections um just it makes the internet fun like before the internet wasn't as fun so like i feel like it's worth it yeah just tell me more about that i'm i'm curious like when you're saying it's it's making the more internet the internet more fun to you like tell me more about that because i i think that's that's like a a big kind of hurdle for people getting into nfts right like like why why am i buying this jpeg yeah, yeah, definitely. It's like, um, it's so interesting because it's like the way, like an NFT, it is like so many things combined. It's like, 
a little bit of investing, a little bit of gambling, a little bit of collecting, and then a little bit of like social media engagement. You can kind of get all those pieces. But um, in terms of like making the internet fun again, it's like, you know, sometimes I go back on Instagram and like, not going to lie, like Instagram is like, it's all the kind of like old school internet stuff that, you know, everyone I feel like is getting tired of, right? It's like, the same boring pictures of like, okay, cool, you're on vacation, cool, you're eating yeah. something, you know? And with NFTs, it's like, we're just trolling, having fun, like making memes, looking at cool pictures. Um, it's, I don't know, it's, it's kind of hard to explain, but it's like once you like get the right project and you have it as your profile pic and you engage with the community and you start to meet a lot of cool people uh, with a lot of different perspective and you yeah you it becomes a whole different different type of game i feel like versus like trying to get that cool picture for instagram it's like you're actually having fun yeah that's what i was going to say to give background to the listeners like me and kevin i, I bought mfers a little bit after him in december as well and we both follow each other because it's like once you buy into a project you know everyone changes their profile photo you know to the to the project they have so we both had mfers up and like we all kind of follow each other. We all engage. Like, and I, I, it made it fun for me too. It's like, even though the price of MFers didn't really go up for a while, right? It was like two months before yeah. it started getting some traction. Uh, we just enjoyed the community and just like making jokes and like retweeting Sartoshi's memes and things like that. Um, and it, it, yeah, it quickly became my favorite project. Yeah. And I think that's another cool thing that people kind of un- underestimate is like, once you get that NFT, the community that collects that NFT is also your community, right? So it's like, I know T-Hawk's an MFR, so it's like, I'm going to go out and support him. I'm going to hit subscribe. I'm going to hit like. I'm going to comment on every single video he makes. I'm going to retweet every video, right? Because I want to you know what I mean? Because it's like, if I see T-Hawk win, then MFRs win. Like, that's the kind of mentality. So in my mind, it's like, I wake up every day and I, you know, I'm not, I don't have a lot of power. I don't have a lot of clout. But I will do everything in my power to see MFers successful, whether it's retweeting, liking, buying their art, watching their content. Like that is literally like my mission because when they win, I win, right? Because we have MFers. So that's kind of the vibe, right? It's like one day, like you want to see the next Jay-Z or next, you know, whoever rock an MFer. And like that's kind of part of the part of the vibe. Yeah, like, I remember it's them, when they sent uh, Reese Witherspoon one. Like that was like everyone's like, oh. Well, we, at first, I thought she bought one, uh, but we found out another MF sent her one. But it was just such a such a good move because even now she still has it in her wallet, and I think she has um, she has another one. Um, but it's just like that kind of movement of just like pushing and, and to see what MFers has become, like and how how it went to what six ETH, and like you know, like you said you bought it at point two. So just to see the success, at least for me, that really like I don't even think I saw, um, I don't I don't even think I saw MFers going to where it has gone, and now to see how far it got just by having a strong community and everyone just like loving the art, like you know what I mean, supporting each other, following each other back, like you know it just like it it really has shown me that like yo if you just like buckle down in your project and believe in it and support each other, like that is how you grow. Yeah. Definitely, definitely. And so, like, that's why it's like, I think that's why there's kind of, that's why now it's like, it makes sense that it's like worth like, what is it, like $6,000 for a, for a MF, right? Because it's yeah. like, 
like John, John, like if you, I don't know if you have an MFR, but it's like John T Hawk. If you guys had MFRs, it's like you're gonna have a built-in audience of like five thousand people that want to see you succeed. And I kind of understand now, like that's where the value comes from to a certain extent, you know. Yeah, that's interesting. Yeah, no, I, I don't have an MFR personally, um, but I'm I definitely I'm hearing from you guys like how essentially just buying into the community can be a a way to promote other things also, right? Because as you said, you want to see everybody win now that you're all MFers in this community. And so for me, I I, I sold my MFer, uh, which was epic because I was able to take a profit. Um, But now I want back in. (laughs) Uh, But it's funny. I was talking to my friend the other day um, and I was just like, yeah, I still feel like I'm a part of the the group because I'm still friends with people like you. And Satoshi still follows me and like a bunch of other MFers. I'm still like I have notifications on everyone's tweets and I still support and I believe in the movement. Um, It's just a matter of holding the asset. And I think Satoshi's been he even we uh, we've DM'd and he's just like, yeah, you're still an MFer. You know what I mean? It's like congrats on the sale. It's just like. I, I honestly love that about the community in the sense that he's not because if you see a lot of these new projects, they're so like you know don't sell, uh, list at a certain list at a certain price, and it's just like you know the best way to make someone like excited and want to stay in a community long term is to encourage them to take profits and like you know stay in the community, stay supporting because a lot of times this can be life changing money. Like six ETH was at eighteen thousand dollars. Yeah, uh, MFers went to. Yeah. All right, let's get back into it then. Kevin, I just followed you on Twitter hey. uh, and I was scrolling through your tweets and one caught my eye. It was a quote and this is a quote. I wish everyone could get rich and famous and everything they ever dreamed of so they can see that's not the answer. Shout out to a real one, Jim Carrey, for that quote. Um, and that, uh, that definitely caught my eye because I agree with it. Uh, but... Uh, the reason I bring it up is because here at the Culture Club, uh, something that Tradell talked about is knowing your purpose when you're getting into the NFT space. So before we start to talk about like kind of the strategy and the things that you're holding, I just wanted to ask you, wh- what do you feel like is your purpose uh, with NFTs with this whole kind of Jim Carrey qu- quote as context? Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, you know, when I first got into NFTs, and I think for a lot of people, what attracts them to it is is money. Because you hear, you know, celebrities, rich, famous people, tech people buying and trading these like collectibles, digital collectibles, essentially. And I mean, I'm going to be honest, like, that's the reason I got into it, right? I'm like, okay, people are making money, let's figure out how we could get 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 into it. Um, but you know, after like being in the NFT space for like four months or so, you know, it's like, I kind of posted that quote to kind of remind myself, like the money is not really part of it. Right. It's like, you know, cause, and I think it's tough because I think there's a lot of people that when they first hear about NFTs, they want to come in for the money. And the first angle that they approach it from usually is like, um, I'm going to make an NFT so I could get money from people. It's not like I'm going to buy one. It's like, uh, you know, usually the first angle is like, how can I make them so I could, so I could sell That's them. That's insane, right? It's <laughs> yeah. Insane, bro. 
like every time I talk to a first person, they're like, oh, I want to pick your brain. The first thing they want to do is how can I extract money from the community? Like that's how they think of it. And that's cool. Mm-hmm. Like I respect it because I kind of, you know, I, I have to remind myself because at the end of the day that, that attracts the, that attracts hustlers, entrepreneurs, people that are trying to make a better life for themselves. So I, I absolutely respect it. I understand it. But then once you kind of get there after you're grinding, you'll kind of understand like, it's crazy, but it's like at, at a certain point, it's like a hundred K one K like it, it won't, it won't really, it won't really give you that joy, that satisfaction, that deep fulfillment. And it sounds so crazy to say that when, when, when you don't have it, cause you're grinding for it. Yeah. Cause you, it's so, it's so hard. True. It's so hard. And so that's why I just posted it just to remind myself, like, you know, it's, it's at the end of the day, the money's like fun. It makes it exciting, but it's not everything. And then to the people out there trying to get it, I respect it. Cause it's like, I know how it is. Cause it's, it, it's, it's a, it's a long uphill battle, you know? So I, I understand. I've, I have empathy for both sides. And I'll just, just to piggyback off that, I think my, my only push with that, cause I get it a lot, bro, especially from like other artists and creatives. Uh, like they just like, the first thing they want to do is to make an NFT and like drop an NFT in it. And for me, it's like, if you, I, I use this example, which is a silly one, but it's like, if you've never tried shoes before, say, you know, you've never worn a pair of shoes, but you see they're so popular but you decide, hey, I'm going to start selling shoes and making shoes before you've ever tried them and figured out like why people are excited about them. You're, you're, you're not going to know what to You know what I mean? You're going to kind of just come from such a, a ignorant place. And I think the best thing people can do is to come into the space, buy something, figure out what they would want to spend money on, even if it's just a little bit of money. Right. And just just to get how things work. Because then from that space, you can figure out where you can create value and figure out what you can bring to the space. But to just come into a space that you know nothing about, you've never made a MetaMask, you've never meant to anything, and you want to make NFTs? Yeah. No, I totally agree. Yeah, Yeah, it's crazy. Yeah. (laughs) No, it's a lot of it, man. Yeah, totally. Yeah, go ahead. Go ahead, John. Yeah, so with with this conversation, so if it's not money that's the end goal even though right it's nice clearly obviously everybody needs money wants to make money money's required to live in this life i'm not going to get on my socialist soapbox here um but i will ask like if it's not just money like when you're looking at nft projects what are you looking for um in addition to obviously wanting to make some money yeah i mean that's i mean that's definitely a part of it i mean the sec- i mean the community is like it's how i it's so i hate using that word because it's so overused at this point but it really is like the connections and relationships you make while collecting the the nfts because it's like it's like interesting because it's like being able to even just meet you john and and you t hawk like on and talk on the podcast like that kind of opportunity is like sometimes you can't attach a monetary value to like the relationships you build right and the funny thing is it's like as you navigate the space and make relationships, it's only going to open up more opportunities in the, down the future. And that's kind of like what we're all kind of hoping for too, right? Is like, this will be kind of like the early days of the internet. You might meet the next Google founder of whatever the future is, right? Just by being yeah. in the space, you know? So there's a lot of benefits to it, I think. And I think I'll segue to the next question, which I think John is kind of hinting at is like, what's your, 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 what your buy-in strategy is, how you evaluate projects, because pretty much from what you're saying, and which I think we've we've both seen together, 
um, as being part of the MFR community is just like, at least for me personally, I see the value in picking a project that people are excited about, where the, there's a strong community and people just attached to the community art, because I, I've, I've literally witnessed that become a monetary value, right? With with MFers and even like, you know, other projects or people just, they rather hold on to the project than to take the cash, right? Like this, this community is more valuable than $6,000 right now. Um, so I, for me personally, that's kind of my strategy. Um, so I get, so then my question for you is like, you know, how do you evaluate projects? How do you figure out like, what is, you know, the best thing to invest in? Um, and yeah, and, and maybe even give us an example of something you're excited about, uh, or looking at, yeah, definitely. And I'm going to give a disclaimer. Like I am a, not a like the best NFT trader. <laughs> like I'm not like the best uh, investor. This is just what I've learned like through my journey. And I'll say to your point, T-Hawk, it's like the number one red flag is like if you go on the Discord and everyone's talking about the floor price, everyone's yelling at yeah. each other for listing. That's a red flag. They're, they're red not there flag. for the right. Yeah, red flag. They're not there for the right reasons. So I think it's like finding people that have like a positive outlook that have a hustler DIY entrepreneurial spirit that are like, we're going to make the project successful ourselves. Like that's a, definitely a positive bullish sign. Um, I'll talk a little bit more about like the technical objective aspects. So like another one is you want to make sure there's like a good diversity of holders. So people typically like to look at like, let's say there's a collection of 10,000. If that collection has 5,000 or more holders holding it, that's good because that means there's diversity in uh, the collector pool. So like one whale can't manipulate the price. So that's like a good um, mm -hmm. one. Another metric you want to look for is uh, items listed. So, you know, if there's uh, a lot of people say 20% is like a sweet spot. So anything 20% or less listed from the collection. So if there's only 2,000 for sale from a 10,000 collection, that's another bullish sign. Um, you want to look at the creators. So like, have they ever done anything successful in the past? Do they have like tech experience? Do they, have they ever launched another project before? That's another bullish signal. Um, and then the community, you right? You want to make sure that they're there for the right reasons. They're positive. They're not focused on the price. Um, and that's kind of like a recipe for something uh, really good, I think, really strong and long-term. But this is just like based on what I've learned so far. Absolutely. And then any projects, are there, is there anything you're excited about that you're looking at or are you just doubling down on the MF community and the derivatives? Like where, what has your attention right now? It's really hard because, um, so like the one thing, like I'll, I'll be completely like blunt and honest is like the one thing I think about is like the one year, two year, three year timeline. And if yeah. you think about it, it's like, a it had the project has to be like original for it to have staying power just because it's like you know when you look back on it it's like you're gonna you're gonna want the like nikes you're not gonna want the filas like it's just that's just how it is if you have that you know the collector investor mentality so that's like a big yeah. one um if you're trading f high frequency you you want to buy in like at mint you want to sell pre-reveal and then you want to get a quick uh, profit. That's like that's the strategy. Um, but yeah, in terms of what I'm looking at, it's hard. It's hard to it's hard to get excited because there's not a lot of original projects out there. To be honest, like um, 
you know, I recently bought uh, Into Wonder Pals last night. It's like a cutesy art project. But, yeah, you know, yeah. I don't want to, like, FUD my own bags. But it's like, sometimes I'm like, yo, after Cool Cats, Doodles, Alien Friends, uh, no, Wonder no. Pals, Star Catchers, they're all cutesy projects. And I'm like, there's no way yeah. those are all going to be successful. I'm just like, sorry. But it's like, I, I, but I still love the art. I still love the team. So I'm going in with, like, low expectation, like, you know, not too many yeah. expectations. But uh, it's hard out there. There's, it's hard to find originality, you know? Yeah. I agree. Yeah. I agree. Yeah. So where, where I'm at now, I do this. I think I, uh, you've probably seen my tweets. I do this thing where I track, like, the floor prices, like, you know, every other day and, like, volume, amount, list, all these things for probably about 70 projects. And I've been doing it since December. But it's because I'm trying to really get an understanding of prices and, like, you know, over time, right? Like, how these projects are are growing and like you know are because you you know there's hype every other day for a project legitimately there's always a new project there's always a mint um so i'm just trying to get a gauge of like okay what happens with these prices right and like over time like and i've seen a few i've seen like i got i watched like world of women literally bro jump from 2 eve to about 80 and like less than a month um and i've seen that a few times um so it's just like I think for me, I'm just really trying to wrap my head around what's going to uh, happen with these projects over time, which then leads me to my next question is, where do you see the NFT space, say, the end of the year? Um, and like, you know, yeah, what's your, your kind of vision? Yeah, 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 definitely. Um, man, I, I love I love that you guys have a side note. Like, I just love that you guys have this podcast and I just love that you're like tracking all those prices because that's like that's the kind of stuff where you're, you're really going to learn a lot. Um, but, uh, yeah, in terms of like the future, it's really hard to predict. I do think like, I hate to say it, but we're still early. So I think there's going to be more momentum, more money, more. I think it's just the market's going to get just bigger by the end of the year. I don't know how big. Um, and then, yeah, we'll kind of see like some of the next generation, like, quote unquote blue chips like get cemented we'll know we'll kind of know by yeah. the end of the year yeah when when coinbase nft bro like when is it For coming real. <laughs> <laughs> i know i'm like looks rare is already out open seas out i mean yeah <laughs> because i mean i, I personally i kind of think that's going to blow things open a little bit right it'll be yeah. i don't know if they'll make it where you can just go straight from like buying eth on your coinbase and then being able to like mint or if it's going to be Cause you know, right now you can't take the ETH out of your Coinbase. I think for a week or something like that before you put it into the wallet and then you know take it to OpenSea. So I'm wondering if you'll be able to just buy ETH and like you know use it right away or like um, yeah. What do you what do you think? Yeah, I hope so. I mean, that's the whole. That's what everyone's hoping for, right? Is like they're gonna make it super easy, less friction, and then basically everyone who's been buying Bitcoin for the last like two to three years will be able to buy NFTs like with the click of a button on their Coinbase app. And I mean, that's the hope, right? Because that'll mean every the whole market will pump probably. You know, that's the bet. Yeah, and this is again like not financial. Me and John are not financial guys either, and like that's why we're doing the podcast, just kind of to learn, right? Just to learn and you know share with our friends and people like hey like look this is what we're doing and this is what we've learned and our journey um but it's not at all like hey this is what you should do with your money because we don't know like we're just having fun and yeah also making money bro like i i, I made nine thousand dollars from my first sale with smiles that Hell was insane yeah. to me 
You know what I mean? That was insane to me for like, and if, you know what I mean, trading pictures, I still kind of couldn't believe it was real, but it's real. I've been able to take profits here and there. Um, That's amazing. That's damn, awesome. I had, a, I, I had a next question, but I forgot it. So I guess I'll just pitch it to John. <laughs> All right, cool. So earlier in the call, you talked about being a sneaker collector. So um, I'm curious, as a sneaker collector, does that influence how you look at NFTs? Um, and for other sneaker collectors out there, uh, now that you have been in, in both worlds, uh, would you suggest for sn- sneaker collectors to get into NFTs and uh, maybe translate their skills that way? I'm, I'm curious uh, from that perspective. Yeah, def- I mean, definitely. There's so many similarities. Um, you know, because if you think about it, it's like what, you know, what makes it like, you know, there's so many fake versions of sneakers out there. So let's say there's a Yeezy 350, you know, there's the Skechers that looks like the Yeezy 350. You know, you could say like, oh, I'll buy a bootleg. It's the same thing. But it's like, it, you know, it's not. And people will know it's not. And that's the same thing with the NFT, right? It's like you could, it's a picture, but you could screenshot it or you could right click save. But people know it's not the same thing because there's the, there's the blockchain, right? So I think that philosophically, I hope is like easy to connect with the sneakers. People, people will say like, oh, you could touch it. But it's like, you know, can you touch a blue check mark on Instagram? but you still want one. So it's like, so it's like, you know how, and it's like, and I think with the pandemic, it's like, you know, if you have a nice air Jordan or something like who's going to see it, you're, you're in the pandemic. It's like, you're yeah. on Zoom, you know, you're on zoom, but it's like, how many people are going to yeah. see your profile picture every day? Hundreds of people are going to see your profile picture. So what's more valuable, a sneaker that maybe two people see, Maybe the, you go to the where to the grocery store. I don't even know. Some people don't even wear their sneakers. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so I'm like, yo, like this is why the NFT is worth more than a sneaker at times. So anyway, so I think a lot of the philosophy changes when you think about how much time we're spending online, how much people are interacting with their virtual digital identities. And then the whole mentality of the sneaker is like is like the perfect analogy, right? It's like, it's just all about supply and demand, right? So there's only 10,000 CryptoPunks, you know, maybe a million people want the CryptoPunk. So it's like you could set the price. Same thing with like, if you have a very exclusive sneaker, you have an off-white, you know, Nike, same thing. So uh, yeah, I mean, I think it's like, if, if you understand kind of like that collector's mentality, if you understand how to flip in and out of trades, if you understand supply and demand, um, I think you could do really well. That's dope. And I'm glad you said that because I know like a lot of my friends uh, who are minorities uh, are big sneakerheads, right? And again, one of the purposes of this podcast is to get my more minorities in the space just in general because we feel like it is dominated by more of the, you know, traditional white tech finance bros, right? Um, and so... Well, first of all, would you agree with that? And then secondly, how how do you see kind of minorities in the space growing, maybe not only from a collector standpoint, but from an artist standpoint? Yeah, definitely. And I think about that a lot too, right? Because it's a lot of like the inequity from the traditional finance world, from the traditional tech world doesn't like, we don't have to bring that inequity back into this new new paradigm, right? We're going into web three, there, it's a new space. We're finding new land, new territory. 
and it should be inclusive and representative of, of all communities. And I think it's hard because it's hard to be optimistic at times. And I understand like how that could be, but, um, I think it's like just getting in early, like experimenting a bit. I think it's like, it's so worthwhile to spend a little bit of time thinking about it and just like learning about it. And I think, um, and I think as like a creator, as an artist, um, I think people are really open to like supporting that. And like, yeah, right now it's like, it's, it's, uh, you know, it is a lot of like venture capitalists kind of like, uh, who we've seen have money in the past, but I don't think it has to be that way in the future. And I think since it is so community based, like we can, we can decide to support each other, um, in the, in this new kind of like this new paradigm basically. Yeah, agree. And I think edu- education is the, the first step of that. Like as long as we can teach people, you know, how to how to mint, understanding what ownership, you know, on the blockchain means and, you know, get, get them to get, even see that vision you're speaking about. Right. Of like, hey, we're starting to spend a lot more time online, like your online identity persona, adding value to that. Because I think, you know, Twitter, you're right, like that that whole verification of the profile photo now that the hexagon showing that you own the asset, that's going to be a huge cloud thing, bro. That's going to be like a Rolex now. It's like if I see that you got a board ape and it's actually your asset or even now clone X, like I can see that, you know what I mean? You have a 30 ETH asset right there. You know, it's a flex. Yeah. Yeah, totally. And I think it's it's hard, too. Right. Because even in my like, uh, you know, I'm Korean American, I have an Asian background. And like, even just like with my friends and stuff, it's like, it's hard because sometimes people are just like pessimistic and then it's like, it's hard because it's like, yeah, it's like how much energy do you want to spend kind of changing the mind of someone who's going to, you know, write something off. It's like, that's a tough balance, but it's like, I think once you hear that first peak of interest, if as like, we're kind of like the people blazing the trail. So it's like, we have to, yeah, like help people on board, you know, like that's kind of all of our jobs to a certain extent being do you, do you find that do you find that more people are coming up to you now and asking you questions versus you um you know trying to push it onto them or do you feel like it's still pretty not too many people around you are involved yeah that's a good question i honestly i feel like, <laughs> i feel like people just yeah it's it's people aren't too involved and i think it's like they just like the you know they just like to make fun of it like at least in my group so far it's like you know the south park memes the snl skit like yeah yeah so i'm just like uh it's like i'm not gonna i'm not gonna waste my energy (laughs) bro bro, i've given up like i'm i'm done like if you if you aren't into nfts cool like like you know because i'm finding that people now are like later on like yeah what was that that thing you had up like like they're they're now trying to figure it out because they just are seeing more and more stuff so for me i'm like let me just focus in on like doing the work myself and like if people are interested the information's there um but other than that like i think it's kind of a waste because it's hard right it's a lot to learn and to figure out um and it takes a lot of time and then you're also playing with money that even right now the market's like it's down and a lot i've I've been kind of in discords a bit and people are like some people are freaking out but it's because they haven't been in a space that long and they just you're coming in trying to make a quick buck and it just doesn't work like that sometimes yeah yeah definitely and like i do have some like people reach out like oh like what's up with nfts and like for the people that are like actually curious and like have like a open mind towards it i'll definitely like schedule like time with them to hop on the phone 
and like share my passion and my knowledge that I, that I have. But, um, yeah, if someone, if the first thing someone wants to bring up is like right click save, it's like, all right, you're not going to make it. Like I'm good. Yeah. You're not going to make it. <laughs> you're not going to make it, bro. <laughs> Yeah, man. And I, I, I th- for me, at least, I'm, I'm excited about, this, like you said, bro, this whole thing, I, I personally believe it's going to blow up. So for me, like, like you're saying, I think the best thing is to just position ourselves and figure out, okay, which projects are going to be blue chip projects, which ones are going to actually last and position as well as possible there. Because later on, everyone's going to come in and they're going to need to figure out what their PFP is going to be. It's kind of why I'm even bullish on APM efforts, which is a derivative, because it's like, I know like a lot of people won't be able to afford MFers. They won't. So it's like you're going to need to come down, you know, a step, you know, and figure out like, okay, well, what can I get that kind of brings me into the community? Kind of like Mutant API Club, you know, just like people are going to need to figure out like these smaller projects. So I'm kind of like, you know, just kind of spending time there and seeing like, okay, what can people get that's $1,000 or $500 that is solid um, a bit? And, you know, the kind of positioning there, because I think a lot of people are going to start onboarding, man, and they're going to have to figure the space out. Yeah. Yeah, totally. Totally. And I mean, I also can't like underestimate, like even just let's say, and like, this is like crazy, but it's like, imagine all NFTs go to zero, but at the end of the day, like regardless, it's like, I met, I met you T-Hawk and I met you John and I, and you guys are making a podcast because you guys have that, like that that spirit that mentality and like that i just know that like i would i would bet on you guys that you guys are gonna do something great in the future because we're just getting started so it's like i think regardless it's like we're making connections with people artists engineers yeah like marketers like we're making connections with people that actually want to make something that have an optimistic view of the future like that's 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 invaluable you know what i mean no it's nuts bro like even for me like um I start. I, I bought into this guy. He's his name is Logic. He's an artist from Chicago. You know, I'm from Chicago, so I bought his project, and then I've been in his Discord, and then I've you know found I found this, this other artist. He's friends with Blue the Great, who dropped a pro. He's dropping a collection soon, um, but he did a one of one piece that I think sold for like thirty ETH or something crazy. Um, but you know, from there, it's like I become a fan of his and followed him, and he's here in LA. And then I found out like he he hosts like a DJ party here in LA. Uh, we DJs here in LA, like host a party once a week. So I then went to one of his sets, but then like, I, you know, asked a friend to go with me and she's like, oh, well, my friend is actually friends with Blue, you know? So now I'm like, I got to meet Blue, you know, and kind of kick it with at his DJ set. And it's just like my whole NFT world is kind of connecting with my real life world, if that makes sense. And yeah. even, um, yeah, even Smiles Wahid, like I followed him already on Instagram you know, and it's just like, it's kind of really, like you, like you said, like even if the whole thing goes to zero, the connections, the relationships, all these things are going to be still so valuable. Yeah. Yeah. That's totally true. Right. Cause at the end of the day, there's something about the NFT space that attracts builders, that attracts optimistic people that are out there building, creating and doing things that other yeah. like hobbies don't. Right. It's like, it's really hard to find a hobby like, like this where it's like everyone's basically an entrepreneur it's like yeah it's so that's some that's something that's like super magical it's like and and you'll get closer to artists and people that are doing cool cool stuff all the time thanks man i love this i feel like we should just end the podcast right here (laughs) um yeah man just like supporting supporting each other like that It, it really is a beautiful thing about the community and i'm glad we're not even like going into what are the projects you should be looking for and 
like me and Chidel, we talk about we don't want this podcast to be a show podcast, yeah. right? Like, oh, this is where you're gonna make your money. Uh, the reason that it's that's another reason why it's weekly. Like, if you're hearing about these projects on our podcast, it's probably already too late for you. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, that's to, true. to really come up, that's true. Unless you got like, unless true. you got a lot of capital, a lot of liquidity, and you can get into Board Ape Yacht Club, okay. That's something different. But for our listeners, a lot of them just going to be new in the space. And for them to hear, like, get in because you can connect with people and support dope artists um, and hopefully make a bunch of money, too. Like, I think that's that's really the message that we want to that we want to preach here at NFT Culture Club. Um, And with that being said, you know, we appreciate you supporting us here on our project. Are there any projects that we can support you on right now? Uh, for me, no, I'm good. Like, uh, yeah, I'm just like really happy to connect with, with y'all. And I, and I just want to say that again, right? It's like, there's, there's nothing to say that like the next successful project won't come from like the people hosting this podcast right now from, from John and T-Hawk, the next Gary Vaynerchuk, you know what I mean? It's like, so yeah, I have nothing else to promote, but, uh, yeah, just excited for what's next for, for everything. Yeah, everyone, you can follow you can follow Kevin on Twitter. It's at Kev I M Lee. Uh, his great tweets. He's a man. We are so 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 thankful that he came on the podcast and supported us. Our first inaugural guest. Thank you, sir. Let's go. Let's go. <laughs> okay, Thanks one last thing. Me. One last thing. Yeah, one, yeah. one last thing before we end. Any any words of advice for newcomers in the space? Yes. Yes. Oh, okay. Take it slow. Be cautious. Take it slow and be cautious. Just take your time. Like don't yeah. don't mint the first thing you see. Don't answer the first d- Discord DM that you get. Just take your time. Be methodical. The there's always the the pumps always out there. So you ne- don't just try to watch out for FOMO. Just take it slow. Try to yeah. watch out for FOMO. Yeah. Thank you again, guys, for tuning in to NFT Culture Club. It's been a pleasure. We'll be back again with the next episode soon. And always remember, Club, this is not financial advice. We're just two NFT learners sharing our journey with you all. But if we've helped you out, make sure you let us know, like, comment, and subscribe to the NFT Culture Club podcast. See you in the next episode.